0: You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, another week of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. It is a Monday episode. We are here with you every single weekday, keeping you busy until Syracuse football season gets here and keeping you updated on all things Q Sports. So subscribe today and you will get all our podcasts directly into your preferred podcast provider whenever they drop. Tim Leonard and Tyler Rocky can also follow the show on Twitter. Keep up to date that way. Our Twitter page is at lo underscore Syracuse. So follow us there. We're always tweeting out the podcasts, little reminders, tweeting out any breaking news that comes across Syracuse wise. And we begin today's show, we're going to get into some football stuff as fall camp is underway, which is a lot better than spring camp because it means we're a lot closer to the start of the season. So that is underway. We'll get into some takeaways from that and then start our linebacker most important series. That is going to be the position group this week. So we'll get to our number five most important linebacker. But we begin today on the basketball side of things, recruiting update to give you guys Dominic Barlow has been offered by Syracuse, and this is a guy, Ty, who is really rising in the rankings, had a great peach jam, and the offers are coming in and in bevies for this kid right now. Kansas has offered, Syracuse was one of, I think, four schools that offered recently, I think it was on Friday they offered Dom Barlow, so a power forward at 6'8", six, 6'9", six, that kind of is that prototypical athletic forward for Syracuse if they were to nab him I really like what I've seen so far from his tape yeah you brought up
1: peach jam was his thing and it's one of those classic situations what team does he play for New York Renaissance who was Syracuse scouting at the time Kyle Filipowski Chance Westry Roddy Gale Denver Anglin all those guys play on the New York Rens and what happened You got a guy like Barlow who took advantage of having some talented teammates and is going to see his stock go way through the roof. You look at all these different outlets that are are tabbing him as one of these breakout guys like the circuit they put him on the all peach jam breakout team he was one of the 15 guys that they noted there paul biancardi from espn has him as one of his six peach jam breakout guys rob Dowster, our guy rob Dowster, yeah. says he's gonna skyrocket all the way into the top 40 he thinks right now he's sitting at 149 on 24 7 but this is one of those guys who took advantage of playing on a really good aau team And scouts picked up and and coaches picked up on the fact that, hey, this guy's pretty good, too. Maybe we should give him a look. Yeah, shout out to Douster because he brought this to my attention as
0: well. Apparently, he was just playing for a small AAU team not that long ago. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the New York Rens assistant coach saw him practicing or playing at a park and was impressed and brought him in for a workout. He crushes the workout, and all of a sudden he's playing in Peach Jam, and then all of a sudden he plays great there, and he's got a Kansas offer, he's got a Syracuse offer, and like he said, he might legit finish in the top 40 in this class now. I mean, talk about that for a story, and that goes to show you things that wouldn't have happened really without or when we were in the COVID period. He's just a guy that probably was lost in the shuffle, and now we're seeing a lot of these kids in these last couple cycles just be late bloomers like he probably will be.
1: Yeah, it goes to the scouting that Syracuse's program has done. Now, they weren't the first one on him. That, that is worth noting here. But there's a lot of competition for this kid. It seems like when we get the the fresh set of, of rankings, yeah, Dominic Barlow is definitely going to be a top 100 guy. He's clearly highly sought after. I don't know if you saw this either, but Synergy Sports apparently does... These uh they, they do efficiency metrics now at Peach Jam, like Synergy Sports uh, is taking over. That's Peach unreal. What, what a world we <laughs> live in now. That's how big AAU basketball has gotten. But Barlow was the third most efficient guy at Peach Jam. And there was a lot of people who were waiting to get back into the swing of things with competition and all that. And you look at a guy like Barlow, he made his time at Peach Jam count. Yeah, he was 68% from the floor
0: shooting-wise. averaged 12 points per game, so that speaks to the efficiency there. And again, he was on the same team as Kyle Flip, and he was scoring pretty much just as much as him. I'm not saying he's just as good as Kyle Flip, who we now know is committed to Duke, but he could rise inside the top 50. And when you look at what Syracuse has in this class, what they're looking to add to this class, obviously we'll talk about Kadir Copeland as the week goes along because we're anxiously awaiting his decision which if you're listening, Monday comes out tomorrow, August 10th on Tuesday. He's announcing that. So we're very excited for that. Looking good. Fingers still crossed there. But guys like Chris Bunch, they've been after for a while. Now I think it becomes, can you get Barlow or Bunch to add to this class going forward? I know Barlow is more of the bigger wing than probably Chris Bunch is, but I think ratings wise, they'll probably shake out to be pretty even when it's all said and done. He's right around six eight six nine, like I said, about 205 pounds right now, so he's got to add some weight, but I kind of like when a kid's skinny, almost the way Benny Williams was. There are a lot of other recent Syracuse guys. Hakeem Warwick's one example from way back that gained a lot of weight and just continued to rise up those rankings. I love identifying those late bloomers, and I think they have identified one here.
1: And he's got the length, too. I mean, one of his most important traits is his ability to guard one through five. Now, We'll see if he ends up at Syracuse. Does he want to box himself in? Because defense might be one of his more important traits. Will he box himself in it? and maybe he doesn't want to play in a 2-3 zone defense? He wants to put his defensive skill out there on display at all times. Again, six foot nine. Who knows? Maybe he still has another inch or two to grow as well. And you look at the roster fit, too, there's going to be a need at the four. Yep. Buddy Bay or rather, Jimmy Bayheim is going to be gone. Cole Swider probably gone potentially gone and then Benny Williams is sort of the TBD and if you've got a guy like Barlow I'm, I'm wondering what his Syracuse fit is going to be like because some of these other programs that have offered him like Florida or Kansas or Pitts or Providence Rutgers Seton Hall South Carolina all these schools they might give him an opportunity to start right away meanwhile Syracuse it's sort of the wait and see game is Benny Williams still going to be on the roster because if he is well then Barlow's probably not going to start especially when you also have Kamari Lands coming in as well. He might have some positional flexibility to play the three yeah. and the four for you. So it's one of those things where I don't know where he fits into the puzzle. Again, if you can get him, that's fantastic. You want to obviously add talent at every juncture, but it works best, I think, if Benny Williams can be one and done, but that's something you're not going to know for quite some time now. I mean, it'd be an awesome
0: addition to this class. And if they get a class, I don't want to do this game too much because I don't want to jinx it, but if they get Copeland this week and then that last guy, or maybe they end up getting five, but the next guy is Adam Barlow, that's one of their best classes they've had in a while. And that's feasible. That's realistic at this point. I know we feel good about Copeland, but even Barlow... I feel like they've got a decent shot here. I don't know anything. We haven't really heard anything. It's still very early in this process. He's probably just getting letters left and right and trying to figure out what the heck's going on in his life because his life has changed really in the blink of an eye, probably it feels like to him. But Syracuse, if you're a athletic long wing, has to be appealing. And yeah, he might not start. Depends, again, how Benny Williams plays. And it depends on how much he rises and how much he adds weight and gets better. But he's got a path to playing time for sure on the Syracuse roster next year. They have a pretty, song, pretty strong pitch to sell to him.
1: Right. And one of the other things that's important with a guy like Barlow, New Jersey. This is a guy yes. who is from the state, St. Benedict's Prep, same high school that Barama went to. And we saw the article come out last well. year. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've seen the articles come out about how Syracuse has sort of dropped off in the state of New Jersey. Well, this would be a nice little revival of getting your footprint back in there with him with Kadir Copeland hopefully coming up in the next day so the state of New Jersey perennially produces some of the best and landing Barlow would be another fantastic one Hey, did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports are losers? That's right. Is that really surprising to you? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts, and even sometimes you get some of those crazy algorithmic things too that have more tools and more time. But that's all changing now thanks to Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus The house, not you versus a million other people out there. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage in Stat Hero showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. I used to play Daily Fantasy on a number of other sites, and it was never profitable for me. But that's changing now thanks to Stat Hero. You are in total control of the Daily Fantasy format. Go to StatHero.com slash locked on and sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. That's right, they're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of, so go to StatHero.com slash locked on. Again, that's StatHero.com slash Locked on.
0: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so shifting gears to Syracuse football now. We've got a practice back up and running. It felt good to see some of those videos come out, right? Like, we're back to normal
1: yeah. a little bit this year.
0: And I think that's going to help it's the team, on the stretching, obviously.
1: Like, a lot of it was yeah. just the stretching portions. So... You get what you get, and it's great to see uh, Garrett Schrader out there doing some some uh, leg stretches and all that stuff. But I, I I'm getting the itch now. The itch is officially here. I've yeah. had it for a little bit, but like I think the the casual now has the itch for football season.
0: Absolutely. There's a lot of rumblings about how big Garrett Schrader looked. I think he was stretching with the O-line a little bit too, which I guess that's a good move. Buddy up with them if you want to get yeah. a path to playing
1: time. That can't hurt, right? Right. But, I mean, those are the guys that are supposed to protect, protect yeah. you and keep you upright, so you might as well, uh, yeah, make some friends there. No doubt. So
0: a couple notes on this. One, I think we should start with this. The There's a lot of alumni around this first day of practice. A lot of guys that came in. I think, I don't remember off the top of my head who the players were, but there were several guys. I saw a couple names.
1: Rob Carpenter was one. Kirby Dardar was another one. So these are guys who have said they haven't been back. And and again, there were a number of alumni there, but some of them said they haven't been back in more than 10, 20 years. So this is one of those things where, remember that article from The Athletic. Yep. that talked about getting alumni back involved. It feels like we're on the outside looking in with a lot of this. We feel like we don't have a voice in the program, even though we did take it to, to great heights back way before the, the current regime and obviously well before the, the move to the ACC. But this is one of those things. You have to keep them involved. or Otherwise, you can preach family all you want, but if once you graduate high school, you're, you're graduate college, you're, you're no longer part of the family – well, then that family atmosphere really doesn't mean much.
0: Yeah, this this was great for me, and it might have been overlooked by some, but I thought this was awesome that Dino, who hasn't really done this in the past, by all accounts, was willing to invite some alumni. I don't know how this was set up. I don't know if this was unique more so to this year, but it feels like it is, and I think it's awesome that it happened because – What's the case with anything? If you're running a business, if you're competing against other people, whatever, you just want to look at evaluating your peers and try and identify, all right, what advantages do we have over the competition, over our peers? And when I look at where Syracuse sits right now in the ACC, some of their peers, the BCs, the Pittsburghs, the Wake Forest, whatever, they don't have as much history and as much really talented NFL alumni. And I know it's been a while since Syracuse has had that, but dip into that a little bit because you yeah. have more history there. At the running back position, you have Heisman trophy winners. And I know it's it's sort of losing value as time passes, but that's an advantage that you have. And we've constantly been beating the drum for them to lean into this more. So it's good to see.
1: Well, hey, I know Chandler Jones doesn't like his contract situation. I'm not sure if he's holding out, but invite yeah. him invite him up to, sure. to spend a week with the guys I mean seriously it, it's good and, and then even there's some other players like Kendall Coleman who's now on the support staff as well yep. and they've got their largest support staff that they've ever had too that's another interesting little nugget I think that can be gleaned from training camp but the the family portion of this program needs to be brought to the light because you hear every recruit come on whether it's this show or, or tweet it out whatever. They say, the number one thing they preach to me is family. But you can't mm-hmm. cut the family oh, off when they yeah. graduate. You just can't. And it feels like that's been the M.O. for Syracuse football when you've got guys who said they haven't been back in two decades.
0: Whereas Syracuse basketball feels like they really
1: lean into this. And maybe that's just because of Bayhimes It's almost army too and- much family, right? It's yeah. like uh, you're living <laughs> right. with mom in the basement sometimes, it feels like.
0: <laughs> right, but it feels like there is just such a strong attachment family-wise Syracuse basketball like when Devo gets these former players on that he played with or maybe he didn't even play with on his podcast Mm -hmm. they're just all saying the same stuff and raving about the same things because they've had the same head coach and maybe that's part of it and they ran the same plays 20 so they have stuff to relate to but just because Dino didn't coach these guys doesn't mean they can't be a part of the Ohana or the La Familia that he's
1: constantly trying to preach. Right, and it seems like he had relationships with certain people. I think Floyd Little was one, but he also worked in, in the the Syracuse athletics office, lived in the area too, so he was up a lot. Um, and it's just like the detachment from some of the the casual people. Like Who knows? Maybe one of these guys went to the same high school as a Syracuse prospect, a, a four-star in New York that you'd love to claim and keep home. Well, if you've been one of those players who have been shut out... And that player who's the prospect comes to you and says, hey, well, what was your time like at Syracuse? They can say, yeah, it was great while I was there, but I don't feel like I'm a part of it anymore. I don't have anything to say about what the current state of the program because I'm not there. Well, this is a chance to change that. This is a chance because, as we know, everything's a network now these days. And these alums of the program can speak very highly and go out and pitch to recruits as well. Could be good for legacy
0: recruits as well, where they've kind of struggled, frankly, Mm -hmm. on landing some of those. So I really liked what I saw in terms of the alumni coming back. Another note, and this came out, I believe, late last week, but we just haven't got a chance to discuss it yet. But four guys that were not featured on this roster. We finally got a roster right before the first day of practice. And Lee Koba, Drew Tazama, Patrick Davis, and Russell Thompson Bishop all were not on the roster. Really, the only one that kind of surprised me there was Drew Tuazama, because I don't think we had any reports of that. Lee Koba, there's been a lot of Ole Miss talk, and then we talked about how his Twitter bio had changed to the Eastern Mississippi Community College, the one on Last Chance U. Nothing official there, but I wasn't too shocked by that based on the suspension and everything that we've seen in Dino's comments. Patrick Davis, we knew, was going to the CFL, so that wasn't a surprise so, yeah, I don't make too much of that. I mean, you always lose guys, and especially the way the transfer portal is this year. I don't think any of those guys are really too imp- – I guess Lee Koba is impactful. Lee Koba, I, I
1: thought, was one because yeah, the way that he knew played it was at the end of the year, yeah, it was the probably the least surprising maybe or up there for the least surprising. Dino alluded to it that, hey, the, the read the tea leaves. He's probably not coming back. And, yeah, it hurts, though, yeah. But from an impact standpoint, that's one that Because you watch the way that he played at the end of the season. He was one of those guys. He was flying left and right across the field. And I Syracuse is going to – I'm happy we're doing linebackers this week because they're going to need a guy that uh, can replace Lee Koba. So I'm happy we're doing the most important linebacker list this week um, because they, there's a lot to talk about in the linebacker room. Yeah, so
0: let's let's get into talking about the linebackers real quick. We will kick it off right after this short break with linebacker number 5.
1: Hey, did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is literally a flavor for everyone. And when you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they are always passionate about their faves. Mine, the peanut butter brownie. You've heard me talk about it for months now. And if you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors well, you are missing out. You can get anything from fruit flavors like cherry, barcia, and raspberry to some traditional chocolate ones like double chocolate or cookies and cream, german chocolate. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box as well where they'll give you two of each of the 9 flavors. And not only are Built Bars the best-tasting protein bars, but they're also healthy for you too. Just check out some of the stats here. 17 to 18 grams of protein and only 130 to 180 calories with only 4 to 5 grams of sugars to go with it. So order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. Track and field team as well. Go to built.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get 15% off your order. That's built.com, promo code locked on for 15% off your order. Okay, quick break to remind you
0: guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action right now. It is a good time to sign up for that free account because sports are revving up and they're not going to look back for a while now. We got baseball season in full swing right now, tons of games, tons of prop bets to bet on over on their site, still got things on the weekend, UFC, PGA Tour. But remember, NFL is coming quick. It's going to be here before you guys know it. Preseason games right around the corner. You can bet on all of those. You can get your future plays in now. Pick a Super Bowl winner over at betonline.ag. And when you go to their website, don't forget, sign up for a free account today. Use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, that's our promo code to get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that promo code locked on at betonline.ag. All right, so most important linebacker number five. We're going to kick things off with Steve Linton, who I guess you make case maybe isn't even a linebacker. There were some rumblings from Stephen Bailey, who shout out to him. We're going to get him on the podcast this week, hoping to drop that. Later this week, maybe Thursday, Friday. So be on the lookout for that. We'll have a full seasonal preview football-wise with him and I'm sure he'll give us some good insight. He's been doing some great reporting. He was the one who kind of brought this to our attention where it seemed like there was some rumblings that in spring camp at least Steve Linton was considering moving to the edge rusher position or being more of a defensive lineman and a down lineman for Syracuse this year. And you know, it's interesting, Ty. I looked at his snap count, which you probably did too, on Pro mm-hmm. Football Focus, and he was basically like a defensive lineman last year, if you look at that. I mean, I think it was 262 of his 280 possessional snaps he lined up on the defensive line. So, And he only was in coverage for six of his 280 snaps last year. So he's mostly used as a pass rusher. It wouldn't shock me if they lean into that more.
1: And that's what you get when you play a, a three-down defensive line set, too. Again, at the end of the day, every important play, you're rushing four guys. Now, with a three-three-five, one one of those guys is usually a linebacker, and you, that's why you see some of these bigger defensive backs for Syracuse that we've seen coming to the program as a late, who maybe play at a, a linebacker weight or, or have the ability to kind of fill in the need for that. So I think of Steve Linton as sort of that edge rusher. Like If you look in the NFL and think of guys who were quote-unquote linebackers in, in three fours, um, I think of like a DeMarcus Ware, Khalil Mack. Those are guys who are technically linebackers by trade, but they're always getting after the quarterback. Linton's a little banged up right now, but yeah, it, it's one of those things, because remember, once upon a time, he was a defensive lineman. I believe that's yeah. what he was recruited, actually, to, yep. to play at Syracuse, But the, it, and then he makes the transition to linebacker last season, and probably the worst season to make the transition to linebacker because you're making a positional change in the middle of a training camp shortened pandemic. So, I'm wondering if maybe the acclimation process this year is going to lead to a little bit more productivity out of Steve Linton.
0: Yeah, and I feel like in hindsight maybe that wasn't the best move because 335 linebackers, you really need to be versatile. And I don't know if he is necessarily there as a coverage linebacker just because he probably hasn't been in coverage or been asked to be in coverage a ton. I don't know the full background there, but it feels like he was a defensive lineman in high school and now he might be shifting more back to that. But I think he's worth bringing up regardless of where he is on the football field because he's going to be used as a pass rusher no matter what they list him at on the depth chart or what his position is officially. And you're right. He was recruited As a lineman, he was a pretty good recruit for Syracuse. Looking back at his offer sheet, Arizona State, Missouri, there was Baylor in there. He took a visit up to Baylor, kind of down the stretch run there. He had USF, Louisville. So this was a solidly ranked player. And I think there's a little bit of untapped potential in there that they just haven't really figured out the right fit for him. Maybe it's because they've had a lot of guys on the line recently. And I don't know if the decision of Lee Koba, now that he's officially out, if that shifts him more back towards the linebacker room. Because you might need some added depth here. I mean, there's a reason why he's number five on our list. There are other guys that probably could have made this list, like a Leon Lowry or someone. But Mm -hmm. wherever they play him, I think he has a lot of untapped potential as a pass rusher that he could have a big year for them. He needs to be
1: there for depth that's that's what you need if anything was an indication of that just look at last year when you saw players get injured left and right and the linebacking group is one of those ones that maybe has the highest ceiling of any one of the defensive positional groups we talked about it last year too and they kind of met that and it was spearheaded by michael jones but you saw a couple plays and flashes here and there of steve linton he's a guy who's pretty solid across the board now One thing that is a problem with Linton, and maybe a reason why he may be a little bit better suited as an edge rusher than your traditional linebacker, is that his tackling is a little suspect. I looked at some of the numbers last year. A 30% missed tackle rate. That was the highest of anyone on Syracuse with at least 70 plus snaps played. So, is that an adjustment to linebacker? Because remember, a defensive lineman's job is kind of to... If you can't get to him in the backfield, sort of funnel him to the linebackers. And maybe he's still in that sort of mindset from the defensive line. Now, if he is going to be a defensive lineman or that edge rusher traditionally, he's probably going to need to put on a little bit of weight. I don't know if we've gotten updated weights yet, but that's something that he would certainly need to add. But this team is going to need depth across the board defensively. You never know when injuries can strike, all that stuff. So he's a guy who is certainly going to be looked at to provide some depth. Yeah,
0: I would say the entire linebacking group, a big goal for this year would just be tackling. They need yeah. to improve mm-hmm. on that. And when you look at the pro football focus stats, when you look at any advanced metrics, it feels like that pops up as a an area that Syracuse lacks. It seems
1: and, like it's a a spectrum too and yeah there's it's some almost, really good, it's almost it's binary bad. actually because it feels like you're either really good or you're really bad and there's no one in the middle and right, right now steve linton is on the very bad side of things um so we'll have to see because he's again it's not like he's some spring chicken he may have redshirt freshmen next to his title but he's really in his third year and already has 11 yeah, games. Yeah, that doesn't feel belt. right. <laughs> it doesn't feel because yeah, he's been around a little bit. He's one of those guys who took advantage of the four-game rule that was instituted a couple years ago. And then this past season, of course, was a freebie for everyone. So third season, junior status academically, but redshirt freshman on the field.
0: Yeah, and also on the tackling note, Lee Kobo was one of their best tacklers last yes. year. So you lose mm-hmm. him, there's... There's definitely a lot of guys that need to prove that they can be better tacklers at that position uh, this year. So we'll continue to discuss the linebackers going forward. Subscribe to the show now if you haven't already. We will drop our number four most important linebacker tomorrow on Tuesday and then count down 3-2-1 as the week progresses here. We'll talk to Stephen Bailey later in the week. If you're a big football fan, be sure to stick around for that. Again, that will probably drop Thursday and Friday. But that's going to do it for our Monday episode. We'll be back tomorrow. Going to also talk about Athlon Sports came out with their anonymous coach survey and some interesting quotes about where Syracuse is as a program. Always fun to read through the anonymous coaches and their thoughts on Syracuse. I think you can glean a lot from that. So we'll talk about some of those quotes and give you guys our breakdown on that tomorrow and any other news that pops up on Monday. So thanks for listening as always. And we'll be back with you guys on Tuesday.